Welcome to the latest episode of the Visions and Tones. Today I'm speaking to a colleague, former colleague, but we are colleague in the sense that we're still in the academy, both of us. Uh, Dr. Linda Mshushwe, uh, who is currently a postdoctoral researcher at SOAS University in London, uh, in the School of History, Religion and Philosophies. Uh, she has taught family sociology at several South African institutions, including the University of Johannesburg and the University of South Africa. And her research interests and publications are on or around gender and justice. She has been active in several community engagement roles that involves uh, women's empowerment. And she also founded an, an, she founded a charity organization that provides emotional support for survivors of domestic abuse and it is known or called um woman you are favored dr linda welcome to the visions and tones thank you so much tony and i really appreciate to be here today thanks for the invitation how are you doing i'm good and i'm glad to be talking to you you are in london we are 10 hours apart but here we are technology allowing that kind of engagement to take place very grateful and honored to have a chat with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I know the time difference hasn't been uh, working on our favor because we had to negotiate a lot of uh, <laughs> yeah. a, a lot of times uh, because of the time differences. But hey, uh, we're here now. We're here. Yeah, Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, so for I'd love, yeah, I'd love I'd love for us to talk about your publication uh, titled "Understanding Domestic Violence." Uh, masculinity culture and traditions but before i can give you space i'll give you a bit of space so that you can tell us more about the paper i just want to read a couple of statistics here uh, i was just checking few numbers starting from last year issues of domestic violence around the world and i came across statistics from world health organization um, that points out that worldwide almost one third which is about 27 percent of women aged 15 to 49 years uh, who have been in a relationship report that they have been subjected to they've been subjected to some form of physical and or sexual violence by their intimate partner uh, and then again i sort of cast my eyes there to what's happening in asia according to asia pathways which is a blog that is associated with the asian development bank uh, they published an article in March 2023 that says the highest statistics of domestic violence are in India with 38% uh, and also in areas around People's Republic of China with 38% and Bangladesh and Fiji having over 50% and this is sort of statistics taken from the United Nations women uh, which unfortunately they didn't sort of be, be specific there with the date however tragically some cases uh come to light only when partner violence results in death of women and then i try to sort of cast my eyes as to what is happening in particularly in south africa where your pa your paper is sort of concerned in and i came across a paper by indiran governor uh it was published in march 2023 20, also uh, it is published under PubMed, which is uh, a journal for, you know, medical studies. Uh, Governor argues that South Africa is considered to be the rape capital 
of the world with 10,818 rape cases reported in the first quarter of 2022, the rate at which women are killed by intimate partners in this country is five times higher than the global average. Now, when I looked at this, I sort of had a bit of a panic as a man, but at the same time could not um, stomach the fact that things are becoming worse than, you know, getting a little bit better. Your paper mm -hmm. is very insightful. Perhaps maybe as an opening question, can you tell us what exactly... I don't know if I should say inspired because you're actually writing about a very painful situation, but what actually gave you the nudge or what compelled you to write a paper about domestic violence in South Africa? Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Tony. Uh, first of all, I did my PhD on domestic violence in South Africa, and my focus was the rural areas of South Africa. And that was very... Uh, informative uh the, the 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 findings of 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 my phd there are so many things that i discovered about domestic abuse that we don't talk about uh, mostly in the discourses uh or in 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 the domestic violence literature things that you wouldn't find for example for example we don't talk much about culture traditions and that's some that's one of my findings that uh, they play a very big role in 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 men uh, perpetrating domestic abuse not not specific culture or, or, or traditions but the fact that uh, men are socialized in the in, in a particular environment where culture is dominant so that inspired me to look deeper uh, later on and, and 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 write this paper specific about culture and traditions and and how do they um interact with masculinity in order to to influence domestic violence and if uh if i were to answer you again on what inspired me to to write on domestic violence an issue that is um sensitive and and painful as you put it i i'm a survivor of domestic violence myself and um yeah so for me it's, it's it's one of those uh things that i think we need to stand up as uh as 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 as, as people as academics as practitioners and and really take domestic violence seriously because i'm a survivor myself but there are people who did not survive the rate of uh, women killings uh, 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 the rate of women killings is is really high and we sometimes not hear much about domestic violence and only hear when there's headlines about a woman who has been killed but yes. it happens every day and the majority of women have experienced domestic violence and yeah wow uh thanks uh dr linda there and uh, really sorry to hear that yourself you survived you know domestic violence there and uh, i know that you're also raising uh your little ones hopefully and i believe that uh you know you'll be 
working hard in your strength and you know with the help of you know god above to sort of uh bring protection towards them um but perhaps if i can move to your findings maybe if you can walk us through what in particular about culture uh would you say your paper is pointing out i know that you're speaking about patriarchy there at some point and i'm thinking much more of the feminist literature actually does quite great work sort of challenging mainly or speaking a lot about toxic masculinity and when i looked at your paper i didn't sort of come across an element of toxic masculinity but there's more in terms of patriarchy what in particular about patriarchy do you find as problematic per se uh generally speaking we all exist in a society that is patriarchal mm -hmm. and that is problematic on its own because gender inequality and domestic abuse and all the other forms of gender-based violence are the con con consequence of the patriarchal society that we exist within and so patriarchy plays a very big role in 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 terms of molding the minds of 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 women and men alike when we talk about domestic violence we need to recognize the 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 root cause of domestic violence which when i reported my findings one of the most um things that i talk about is toxic masculinity and 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 that's a problem not only in south africa but everywhere else but i was looking specifically in south africa my research is specifically in south africa and that forced me to talk about uh, toxic masculinity within the cultural context of south africa or african context where men are socialized uh, particularly within the cultural dominant uh, environment uh manhood for example is, de is, is, is in in the african context is defined by many things for example as a man if i were to be very specific in south africa the majority of cultures uh to be a man you must have gone through a uh, traditional male circumcision or or initiation and within that there is um there are teachings that are specific to men of course uh, in south africa we have different cultures but most of the cultures they embrace these teachings these are uh, these um uh traditional male circumcision whereby young men are being uh taught how to be a man specifically uh when they transition into manhood and uh thus the time when men are told that this is how to be a man in this context and if i were to be a uh, specific uh within the context traditional context of amakosa where my research is focused 
Of course, that happens in Zulu as well, and that happens in uh, Sutu as well, and uh, in some other tribes in South Africa. Uh, when men are being taken to the mountains to 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 attend the initiation schools, they are fed all these ideas of how to be a man, the ideas that existed long, long, long time ago, uh, you know, when my grandfathers and grandfathers were still alive. And, and, and without considering that today we live in a different uh, society that, that does not uh, promote gender inequality. And so all the efforts of uh, gender inequality, they become wasted because when young men go to those initiation schools, they are being told that to be a man, you have to be assertive. To be a man, you have to know your place in the in the household. You, you have to be a leader. You have to be the one who calls the shots. You cannot be told by a woman or you cannot share your, your, your throne or sh share your what do you call your 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 spotlight let me just uh, 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 put it like that just uh simple mm -hmm. uh with uh with a man you are with a woman you are a man you have to be a leader you have to be the one who is i would like to say you have to be dominant in a way because if you don't share power with your partner or with your with your wife then it means that you dominate so those are the the teachings that you you do not you are not equal to a woman. You are not equal to your wife. You are the leader. You are the head, and you have to behave that way in order for other men to, 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 to see you as a man. And so, those are the things that I believe they are the root causes of domestic violence. And sadly enough, for a very, very long time, we've been looking at. Uh, I would say it's symptoms. We, we, we have been talking about the symptoms without touching the root cause of the problem, which I think is the so, so socialization of men, is is uh, is masculinity, is is the traditions and culture. And uh, for for me, I think it's very important when we look at domestic abuse, we need to look at the root cause and we need to put it into context rather than talking about domestic abuse generally we need to focus in context because to be able to uh come up with for example interventions to address domestic violence we need to know who are we dealing with what is the problem where is the problem exactly the problem that is here in in the uk that causes men to abuse women is different from the problem that is there in the rural areas of South Africa that's causing men to abuse women. And and so, yeah, uh, if we those, can... were my, those were my key findings. Right, right. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, first, thing, first question, perhaps in terms of what you said, you've pointed a lot in terms of culture, even in your paper. Uh, but I'm curious knowing whether is it really everything about patriarchy that we need to sort of throw away or we may need to sort of rethink whether strength from men, is it really not necessary for society? And if it's necessary, perhaps what is it that the 
mountain schools should sort of be focusing in terms of teaching men to use their strength in what way should men use their strength and against what and when in particular because it seems as if there is a pointing out that there's certain cultural elements being taught but the cultural elements that are being taught uh in 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 the way you presented them everybody out there might feel like so it's so so is this the only thing that men are being taught in terms of culture that you only yeah. have to exert yeah. your yeah. power against the woman uh, but okay. isn't there sort of a need to clarify as to whether yes we need strength but strength for what and for when and for who because i think strength is also needed as a form of you know building society building nation and so on and so forth i mean security is part of strength uh which even today um we can speak about it in a different way considering how even women have entered you know space such as the police force which sort of exerts strength and power in a certain way even the the military and so on and so forth right thanks tony i would begin by saying that uh for example when i talk about culture and um traditions and um I want to stress that they are not a bad thing at all. They are my way of life as a as a black person, as a black African person. They are our way of life. It's not uh it's not a matter of uh do we need to 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 write off culture, do we need to write off these uh traditions and and customs? Definitely no. Uh, but there is a way there is something that needs to happen let me just start, let me just start there and then i'm going to go back to your question that you asked uh, mm -hmm. if strength is needed or is not needed so uh culture is not a bad thing uh because we we as uh, african people we existed a long time ago within the within within culture and and it's a good thing and i would love to continue to see uh people living in 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 culture because of their their way of life but there are things that need to be addressed and especially as um a, a for or within the policy we need to use uh the culture we need to um start understanding the importance of culture first of all for 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 the people that exist within that particular culture and that we can do as much of um for example behavior change through domestic violence awareness gender-based violence awareness you know all that yes men they know that they 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 should not abuse uh, women and and they know that is a crime and all that but we need to understand what is happening there there are so many things that we need to unpack for example within culture we have uh we have a man and a, we have a man and a woman womanhood within the cultural con the traditional co cultural context is different from the the general manhood or, or or general womanhood there are things that define an african woman and african marriage where domestic violence take place for example uh there are customs like 
Ilobola, that is a, a woman has been taken to the husband's side. A, a man has worked hard for the woman. They say all those kind of things. Now, if we go back to um, what when you said that the strength, the what can we? Is there any strength that we can see in culture? For example, you 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 mentioned that. When men are being uh, trained to be men within the African cultural community, they are being told that, yes, you are a man, you need to be a provider. And being a provider uh, is a good thing. A man need to be providers. But it's not balanced in the sense that a man should be told that uh, women still do have to participate and, 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 and be equal partners, even though you are a provider. So what I just said is that a man is a provider, is being taught that you are a provider, you need to work for the family, you need to lead the family. But things like there has to be harmony in the family. You have to bring harmony in the family by respecting your wife, by understanding your wife as uh, as your equal partner, as opposed to you are the boss of the house. Something that is um, kind of promoted that men need to be bosses in the house as opposed whereas that in this era we should be telling men in 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 any way young men that are being uh you know socialized they should know that when you are in a relationship or marriage you are an equal partner with the woman and so this is not to say that culture is a bad thing. There are good things that culture is teaching, but they happen to be bad things when there is when they are not balanced. For example, again, if we talk about you have to be a provider, a man has to have a job. That is a good thing. It's it's it's, it's a good teaching. But then, when a man is unemployed, when a man cannot find a job with the statistics of high unemployment rate in South Africa, then the men become depressed that I'm not a man enough. And, and and then begin to again use that um teaching which is you have to be a man you have to have a job you have to provide for the family it becomes a bad thing now because here i'm stuck i don't have employment i live in south africa but i was told that to be a man i have to provide for the family what do i do now the man becomes aggressive for example the man becomes resentful the men become depressed because he cannot be the man that he is expected to be a man. So that's what I'm trying to highlight here. And uh, yes, again, I will emphasize that um, it's not all. There is nothing bad about culture, except what I'm trying to explain is that there are things that need to be corrected because life is no longer the same as in decades ago not even decades ago centuries ago when men had a right for example were taught that they have to be leaders they have to be assertive and within that accept assertiveness they had a right to beat up their wives at that time but now that assertiveness is not going to work because a man is not allowed to beat up a woman it's, it's against the law mm -hmm. so what kind of balance would you say is needed basically the balance uh that is needed for example it it shouldn't uh, i wouldn't expect that it comes from um the within the culture 
But as we talk about domestic uh, domestic abuse or domestic violence, as we try to find ways of addressing it, we should recognize culture as part of of uh, the the instruments that can address domestic abuse. For example, if we we if we valued culture enough, that that's that's what I'm, that's how I think as uh, as an African feminist. If we valued culture enough long time ago, we would be in a position where we understand what I've just this, the things that I've just explained, and we would be in a position where the perhaps uh, the leaders of initiation schools, for example, they have been um, in conversations in discourses that we discuss every day about domestic abuse they, they've been invited in tables of influence and discuss domestic domestic violence rather than being there and 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 all they do is to talk about things that they know do, do you understand what i mean for example one of my recommendation is that they should be included the the leaders of the initiation schools the 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 community should um should should be active should take an active role in addressing domestic abuse they should be called in the tables of influence the people those uh those very people who are leading those schools and 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 be part of the discussions and understand what are the expectations about um about about so socialization of of young men what are the expectations what are things that have changed that that can no longer be promoted what is happening right now we talk about gender we talk about gender equality and when you go to the rural areas nobody talks about gender equality they tell you that a man can never be equal to a woman they've heard on the radio they've seen on tv people talking about gender equality but the leaders are not invited to talk and and understand that uh this gender equality needs to happen and you have to be part of it you have to you know own it you have to own um you have to have a role in this i noticed that uh in your paper also you said you used uh an african feminist perspective and I was keen to sort of hear what exactly is an Af African feminist perspective and um, whether an African feminist perspective has done well enough to interrogate issues of, you know, African culture and its complexities apart from coming just as a form of a critique towards what is a traditional version of you know toxic masculine masculinity found in culture i don't know if i'm making sense with that let me just finish what i was uh what I, let me just uh wrap it up what i was saying uh before you you, you talked sorry about yeah. that so what i was saying uh the most important thing uh that i think has been a problem in in in, in the efforts to address domestic violence is that the approaches are coming up they're coming uh up rather than bottom-up approaches which is uh they are they're coming from the above rather than from the people at the bottom 
people who know the problems that are dealing that that they are dealing with we know who knows their community and the problem again is that the approaches are like uh fits one fits all kind of a situation they're not specific to the context and that's why we don't have much of the conversations like the conversation that we're having now when we talk about domestic abuse we don't talk about we don't talk much about you know the the basics like cultural norms we talk much about patriarchy which i think is is is, is something that's very broad and is it's not much of uh context context specific right and you asked me a question about african feminism mm -hmm. have uh have have the african feminist uh perspective done well or feminist feminism african feminism done well in interrogating african culture yes i think 100 percent because one of the reasons why uh, the African feminism exists in the first place is uh, it stemmed out of the recognition that we can no longer theorize African or problems or issues like domestic abuse within the African context using the mainstream feminist approach because it's not fit for our context for example if i did not know what is happening in the rural areas of south africa i wouldn't be having this conversation because i'll be talking about patriarchy and without putting it into context and 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 like I've already said, that it's not doing any justice in solving or in 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 coming anywhere near addressing this issue. So uh, one of the reasons why, uh, personally, I chose uh, to use feminist theory to explain domestic abuse in South Africa is because I want to explain domestic violence in the context and in in, in and within the the realities of African people, and and there's something that is missing, and and there's something that would need more of it. When I talk about realities, I've already mentioned that I'm talking about custom culture and traditions and, and all that. I do believe that to be able to contribute effectively in this uh, problem of domestic abuse, we really need to pay attention on what is going on in the community rather than to look at it broadly. We must be specific. And that's, that's the problem because I've already mentioned as well that when uh, predominantly when we talk about manhood, we just talk about manhood. We don't put it into context that which manhood are we talking about? How can we deal with that specific manhood that we're talking about? When we're talking about womanhood, we, we, we just talk about women in general. We don't put it in context that we're talking about which women or which women are we talking about when we're talking about South African women. Most South African women, they exist from... Um, a context where African womanhood is completely different from the 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 reality that is out there of of a woman or woman womanhood, and that on its own has uh, has its own way of being a respecter to domestic abuse. For example, if you are a woman, uh, your womanhood, you've been told that you have to be married 
that's an example you for you to be a woman enough you have to be married and once you get married you have to stay in marriage and never ever come home again when you leave home and that is a problem on its own because if i am married and i'm abused i'm i don't know what to do because i was told that for me to be a woman i have to be married i should not come home and be a single mother otherwise i've degraded i've i've downgraded i've you know i've lost my dignity as a woman and so those are the, the those are the things that we need to pay attention to who are we talking about we cannot just have interventions for yeah, everyone yeah. we need yeah. to have interventions that are specific to people mm, i see that we we're sort of running out of time i don't know if maybe i can put in two questions maybe starting from the very same last point that you've raised uh degrading women who sort of leave uh marriages and come back um home i'm thinking that some of those issues are not necessarily issues that well in my view but you'll tell me as an expert in the field i don't think those are necessarily yes. issues that it's men who sort of impose that kind of a shame on a woman but women themselves to sort of impose those kind of things on themselves you, you you've got a failed marriage go uh, why did you get back or whatever or whatever the situation so perhaps my question also about whether african feminism has done well in interrogating some of the things uh complexities of culture is exactly that where i wanted to see to what extent really can even african feminism turn to point a finger to some of the sisters who sort of see it as a shame or as a disgrace for another woman who decides to leave their marriage because they've got an abusive partner so can such things only be attributed to a patriarchal behavior or even women themselves so to what extent can african feminism speak also towards sisters themselves who might be in cahoots with patriarchy in that kind of a way i think African feminism have done very well in in bringing these uh, issues in the in the in the in the spotlight or in 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 a position where they have to be known and addressed because uh, previously uh, or oh, let me say predominantly if you go to the literature of domestic abuse and you look at um, how how um, how culture is is, is portrayed how womanhood African womanhood is portrayed. African woman is portrayed as passive, like as in uh, a woman who is just, you know, there, helpless. When in fact, there is no understanding of all these uh, things, like when a woman does not leave the marriage, what are the issues that are at the surface, that are at the bottom? Uh, you will find that uh, there are reports that talks about African women, African women as passive because they don't understand what we're talking about now. That when I was leaving home as a woman, I was told that I must never come back here. So therefore, if you see me not leaving the marriage, you cannot call me passive because there's a culture that I need to uh, I need to respect here, or there's a culture that is forcing me to be in this position to be helpless as I am. And so it is now that uh, the African feminism is beginning 
to get deeper into those situations that were never touched whereas uh we've been talking about domestic violence for many many decades without uh leaving out some of the you know major things that we need to talk about and so yes i think african feminism have done very well uh, to mm -hmm. answer your question mm -hmm. and i do think that there is a lot again that um african feminism can bring on the table if we were to understand that uh to address domestic violence we cannot continue to general we have to specific about things and we have to use a certain lens to look at the situation we cannot look at it from the lens of domestic abuse but from the lens of who are we talking about what is the context and all those things i'm writing about domestic abuse for example and who am i myself if i were to talk about the issues of the rural areas of south africa who am i do i fit do I qualify to even talk about that culture? Do I understand that culture? You know, all those kind of things. Those are the things that we need to understand that uh, we, we we cannot address domestic violence until we understand issues like what I've just mentioned now that we talked about culture so many times as researchers and, and policymakers, but, but in passing or carelessly, if I want to say it that way, let me say carelessly, without any, um, without being realistic about what is happening there, or maybe without even paying attention on the importance of culture to black to, to black African people, and yeah. so yes, mm -hmm. yeah, I do I think that. Yeah, African feminism is doing very well, and I think to address the issues that are specific to Africa, it should really be the lens that is, uh, I would say, that is that is that is used. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Dr. Linda, um, maybe before you go, because I know that we we sort of running out of time. We actually ran out of time. I'm now just. Don't worry about remaining. me. It's fine. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna say just drop everything. I'll say if you still have one or two questions that you want to ask, I can give you extra five minutes. Okay. No, <laughs> but if you yeah, want, but to I, I wanted up, to. Yes, I'm happy to do so. I wanted to just honor also, you know, what you, you, you agreed to offer for today than stretching it on. I just wanted to sort of maybe ask if you can share with us about uh, Woman You Are Favored, your organization. Okay, thank you very much, Tony. You, you've, you really honored me now to make me talk about <laughs> my own organization. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, during uh, COVID-19, back about four, four years ago, how many years ago now? I can't remember, sorry. Yeah, 19, somewhere there, because we, we stretched in, in actually in 20, so we probably about three, four. Yes, but I'll say 2020, I founded this organization called Woman You Are Favored. Uh, it's an online support for women who survived domestic abuse. And that was the time that was crucial for women because 
domestic abuse had gone very high with women being at home and men being at home and women locked indoors, not knowing who to talk to or well knowing who to talk to, but not having the chance of escaping and few or sorry about that or having fewer chances to escape and and go and seek for hubs so they i founded this online uh, platform where i talked to many women and i also recruited other women who have knowledge on domestic abuse who are counselors social workers to come and help because i was receiving uh, calls from many women who need help who need advice what do i do how do i deal with those situation can you uh find post me to the services where i can get help because really now i need to leave so yeah that's my organization i support women that i uh, that are surviving domestic abuse or who have survived domestic abuse who need counseling or who are still in the situation and who need help, who need to be signposted to the services. You have maybe a website or something where people can sort of... Yes, I have a website. It's www.womanfavored.com. www.womanfavored.com. Is that... Womanfavored.com. Womanfavored.com. Yes, womanfavored.com. All right, thanks. So that's where the information is and everything, and that's where women go to when they need help. And there's also a Facebook page that uh, I have. It's Woman You Are Favored. You can find it out there. And, yeah, it's been very instrument instrumental, and especially for women of faith, because we talk much about uh we, we help women using biblical wisdom. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I am a woman of faith. Mm-hmm. And so as many women out there, they believe in God. And sometimes when things are tough, they only have God to tempt. Dr. Linda, thank you so much for affording me the time to have a chat with me in London. We are 10 hours apart and I'm clocking exactly 12 midnight this side. You still have a couple of hours to go before your bedtime. But thank you so mm-hmm. much. And I appreciate you for joining me on the Visions and Tones podcast. Thank you so much, Tony. It's been my pleasure to talk to you, especially after such a long time without talking to you. (laughs) It's been more than eight years now. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. No, thank you so much. Thanks, Visions and Tones. That was Dr. Linda Mshushwe, and she is a researcher and a sociologist doing work on gender and justice. I'll put up the page for her website and also the Facebook page on our uh, Instagram page where you can sort of follow up on her work. And thanks for choosing the Vision and Tones. Go and be best human beings, best versions of yourselves. And we'll see you next time. Cheers.